This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation vidcast, part of the Big Play Vidcast Network, and sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, and the Steelers now have a new mink coat, the most expensive mink coat in the league. He is now, Minka Fitzpatrick is now signed as the top safety in the NFL, the most expensive contract for any safety in the NFL, in NFL history, that is. And our sponsors, Total Sports Enterprises, in honor of the signing today, are giving away a free signed Minka Fitzpatrick Color Rush jersey. Be sure to go to their Twitter at Total Sports ENT or to Steeler Nations at Steeler Nation and retweet. And you have to follow Steeler Nation. You have to follow Total Sports Enterprises and our podcast underscore SN podcast. And you're automatically entered to win the new signed Minka Fitzpatrick jersey. So good luck, Steeler Nation. Beamer, I know you won one already. It's time for our other people to win now. Give them a chance. <laughs> but this is your cast, guys. Give us your comments. Give us your questions because you know I'm going to be going to you today because this cast is sponsored by it. And speaking of the devil, let's go, Beamer. Here we go. Michael Hall, we are. Love ye. Woo! We are live. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Nice to hear you. Michael Hall of fame. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Um, I'm. Uh, this is the quote then once Minka was signed. He stated, I am very excited. It is a blessing. It's not just the beginning. I am thankful. Now I just want to keep on shopping. I love the history here, what it stands for, the standard we are held to, the standard Coach Tomlin held us to on and off the field, and that is by the lovely Minka Fitzpatrick, at MinkFitz underscore 21, if you want to tweet him or follow him. Um, Omar Khan also putting it in. This is his first big signing as the GM. Also kind of interesting that he did it before training camp as opposed to like every single big signing we have ever had by Colbert seems to happen at the end of training camp. And this is like the first time we're like, we're not even going to worry about it. We don't have to hear those idiots like fill a pony, fill a one trick pony, throwing out those tweets. Oh, Steelers. Oh, it's going to hold out. Oh, they're not going to sign him. So we don't hear any of that crap anymore. Only crickets from the shade Steeler throwers. <clears throat> Madden. And, uh, but the rest of us know he is signed. He is locked in. He is a Steeler for the next five years. Let's go over what Omar Khan had to say quickly before getting back to your show, Steeler Nation. Omar Khan Getting the contract done before training camp, like we just talked about, stated, we are very excited to sign Minka to a new five-year contract. Um, Minka is one of the top safeties in the NFL, and we are thrilled he will be in Pittsburgh through at least the next five years. When we traded for him, we knew he was going to be an integral part of our defense, and we look forward to that continuing as we prepare for the upcoming season. Perfectly said, Mr. Khan. Congratulations, sir, on the signing. We love it. The contract looks like it's a the five-year contract, like Khan stated, $73.6 million in total value, 
$36 million guaranteed and $18.4 million a season, slightly less than the $19 million a season, which I thought he was going to sign for. Thank you for the discount. But still, with the yearly salary and with the guaranteed money he now has earned, more guaranteed money in a contract than any safety in NFL history, more money per year than any safety in NFL history, and more total value money than any safety in NFL history. And let's not forget Kevin Colbert giving up that number one draft pick that Omar Khan alluded to, which has got to be Colbert's best trade in his tenure. Even though we gave up a one, it's the only time we gave up a first rounder for a single player. Like we, we worked in first rounders to move up and things like that, guys. But this is the only time we gave up a first rounder period for a player. It was 100% worth it. The guy was only just entering the second year of his rookie contract. We got him on the rest of his rookie contract, which would have been three years, this fifth year being that option year that he never played under and now signed for another five. It was a smart move. It was essentially a draft pick knowing we were getting an all pro for a first rounder. Kudos to you on the way out as well, Mr. Colbert. We're going to miss you, but a hell of a move. Now it is time for your show, Steeler Nation. Going to you. Serious, Hall. Worth every cent. Every cent. Make sure you like us, guys. Make sure you follow us. I know Twitter, that's the only thing I can't read on Twitter. So if you jump over, if you're on YouTube, if you are on Facebook, we got the Facebook up and working again, too. It wasn't working last week, but... You guys should be able to chime in from there. Glad he got the deal done as well, of course, Beamer. Robert, how are you doing, my friend? Striker, thank goodness we got Minka. Should we all wear mink coats while we cheer him as we have a picket fence waving in our hands? Wow, confusing both the defensive guy who also has a picket fence. Love it, Robert. Excellent take, my friend. And yes, put on that mink coat. It's time to strut around the stadium in our new mink coats with our new mink coat playing defense, Mr. Minka. That is awesome stuff, man. Absolutely awesome stuff. State of the Steelers. Welcome back to the show. Omar Khan did a good, did good on this deal. Way to get it done early. That's what we were saying before training camp, weeks before training camp. Now, now guys, time to sign DJ, Deontay Johnson. And I will be happy. If he signs a contract similar to this one just signed by Mika Fitzpatrick, I was stating that DJ is also probably going to be a 19 mil a year player for us. Sign him. He's young, just hit his first Pro Bowl, and he's going to be dropping less and less passes every year and catching more and more passes every year. Nobody can cover him. He is uncoverable in the NFL, and a guy like that deserves a contract, and he deserves to be locked in before he knows he's worth 30 mil a year. So let's do it, Steelers. What say you? Robert, typo above. That's not a car part. Add Meineke. That should say, Mick, I knew exactly what you meant, my friend. You know I read it correctly. I can read your mind. We got you there, man. I know you enough, Robert. First deal for Omar Khan as GM was a great one. F, F. <laughs> Definitely, Mr. Hall. Definitely. Hopefully we get something done for G DJ. Yeah, as I just said as well, that's what we're all talking about. Coolie in there, chiming in there. Even though I give him a hard time over on Steeler Nation, he gives me a hard time everywhere. Yeah, man. Hoping that happens real soon there, Cooley. Beamer, DJ is a must. Awesome. Any money left for a vet defensive tackle? Hell yes. Hell yes. Sign one. 
bring in Sue. We, we can still sign somebody a $10 million a year. We still haven't restructured anyone, guys. We still have room to do that. We can restructure somebody like Watt again and free up another 10 mil this season. Like, we got plenty of room to mess with. So, yes. A- and a vet running back. Like to see a vet running back come in as well there, uh, Cooley. Um, somebody in Pittsburgh should make a customary mink coat for Fitzpatrick to wear for every home game after this deal gets done. That'd be great. Like taking a mink coat and just putting like minka across the back of it with the numbers on the back. That would be phenomenal. And it just put like a Steeler patch on the front. I might have to do that. That's a great idea. Only problem is mink coats are expensive. <laughs> but still, Steeler Nation, somebody's got to be the mink coming in and just put like the mink. <laughs> Evan Steeler, man. That would be a great thing. One of you guys in Steeler Nation, do it. You can be the mink. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Robert D. Fan, holding letter D in right hand and picket fence in left, will be less confused by the Kenny Picket fence signs than Fitzpatrick fans will be confused by people pelt their mink coats with red paint. Oh, I, that's the one good thing about Pittsburgh. If somebody's wearing a Minka mink, I think that's the only time you're not going to get red painted in in Pittsburgh. Besides, it's the color of like the Patriots or the or the the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. We'd hate to add that kind of color. You might get pelted with black or gold paint, but yeah, not red paint. <laughs> yes, Michael Hall. But if those custom mink coats are really made for mink, then Kansas City fans will coat them with red paint. Well, I'm not wearing it to an away stadium. I'll tell you. <laughs> the mink's coming to town. Yeah, yeah, you have to have some balls wearing the mink coat going around after that. That's great called Steeler Nation. Yeah, but I'm psyched. Absolutely psyched. Um, I know, like, I was also alluding to the backup running back room here that I'd like to talk about a little bit. Because right now, seriously, our only backup running backs, we got Benny Snell. And, you know, he's just not performing to the the elevation that we thought he would. I think, honestly, he just needs better interior offensive blocking and don't pass him the ball ever. And I think he's a good fit. But on the other side, we have McFadden. And McFadden has all the talent in the world and played under the Matt Canada system in Maryland, did a great job there, and... I'm expecting him to be a great plug-and-play player if he can stay healthy. That's the problem now. He couldn't stay healthy at all last year. And he was ready to be. He beat out everybody in training camp last year. He was set to be the backup to Najee last season. Got injured on on a play that we didn't know he got injured on, really. And just was not able to be the guy on the field and coming and contribute the way that we expected him to. Instead, we had like Balazs try to fill in. We had, um, you know, Snell try to fill in and those guys just didn't do it. They, they, you know, they couldn't make their own paths and get open like Najee could. They didn't have his strength. They didn't have Najee's elusiveness. They didn't have a Najee's ability to catch passes out of the backfield. And that's what I'd like to see, especially if we're going to bring somebody in, like we've been talking about Johnson before and things like that on the show. Um, you got to bring in a vet, and the vet that you're bringing in has to have hands. I mean, if we're going into training camp expecting 
McFadden to be the guy, we got to ride or die. I mean, I can understand that. If that's something that Canada's comfortable with, we just have to make sure he's healthy. If he's not, we got to pick somebody up. We got to pick somebody up. Let's say you, Staler Nation, let me know. Uh, Robert chiming in as well. I'm old enough that I was at the 70s Steeler games that my dad had season tickets in Peanut Haven and brought me and saw some of the real Steeler fans really wearing real mink coats. Yeah, back in the 70s. Some of our players wearing those mink coats too, Robert. Frenchie Fuqua, they got his mink, I believe, hanging up in a locker uh, down there at Steelers at the, at the stadium at Heinz Field where you can walk through. I believe there's one of his mink coats in there as well, but he was never afraid to be riding in style, wearing the big platform shoes and the mink coats there in the 70s. What a great time. What a great style. Everybody just like having a great time and uh, doing it upright. Yeah. And uh, I've got something I got to tell everybody because I have just been crazy going all over the planet here these last uh, couple days. Um, I work at promotions company and we have this huge project for the Baltimore Aquarium where we had to make all these lunch bags for these kids because we're giving them out to inner city kids. They get to come to the aquarium for free. They sign up from school. It's like this great big outpouring thing for the uh, Baltimore city community and the, and the elementary school kids down there. So they get a free day with their family. They shut down the aquarium and only their family is there. They've got bands. They've got like face painting stations. And my company get, does a like, free green screen photo promotion with free samples of bubbly. And we also made bags for that said, you know, celebration and come on in and they get a bag when they leave with that stuff with stuff. Problem was we set up this whole thing like weeks ago and the bag company said, well, we don't have all the bags that we need in this color. Do you need another color? And that was on Thursday. Like, why didn't you tell us this a week ago? Like this should have been in production by now. And then by Friday, it didn't ship. Our event was Tuesday. Monday, we're all over them trying to get the stuff out. It was in production. Ends at 5 o'clock. Nobody got back to us. They said it would be an automatic shipping overnight. And the email would come out as soon as it shipped. Never came out. So I had to drive to Connecticut from Baltimore at midnight. Crash in my car to pick up those... Um, lunch bags in the morning because there was no way we were going to get them for our Tuesday event. So Tuesday morning, I rolled in there, made some friends. There were great people over there at Primeline in Connecticut. They do a lot of, a lot of promotions uh, items. And they gave me the 1,200 lunch bags that we needed for the two days today at, or Tuesday and Thursday that we're doing at the aquarium. And I got to bring them back and I was a hero because we would not have had those bags without it. But I went two days without sleep. Fortunately, I got a great night's sleep last night feeling much better about myself. And now I'm happy to be able to finally relax, talk Steelers with you guys. Let me know if there's any other things that you guys want to talk about specifically, but there's a couple things that I know I wanted to run down on here. Uh, I just got to jump over here to my sheet and talk about it. Oh, we're talking about the best play in Super Bowl history. There's a lot of plays that are up there, a lot of big receptions, including Santonio Holmes' catch. Uh, it was interesting to hear from one of my favorite players ever, Harrison, on this play right here over my shoulder. Boop, boop. The longest play touchdown in and longest play period in NFL history, the 100-yard return. I mean, even though Holmes play won the game for us, I think that this game, is this play 
was the play and should have gave him the MVP, in my opinion, because Cardinals were looking to score. They were going to put points on the board at the end of the half. If they missed that player, they were kicking a field goal. But what happened? Harrison decided not to rush the passer, dropped back in the passing lane, picked it off in one of the most incredible runbacks in history, barely making it to the end zone with Larry Fitzgerald doing his best job of trying to get down there to get out of him, to tackle him. And man, <laughs> to me, it's a no-brainer. That Harrison play was phenomenal. I mean, the, the David Tyree helmet catch I know is up there as well. Um, I know the levitating play by Swan. Love that play as well. The reverse X pass um, from Randall L to, to uh, Heinz Ward in Super Bowl XL, as well as the longest run in Super Bowl history, that big 75-yarder right here by Fast Willie Parker, which I have over my shoulder. Um, those plays are like the biggest ones but for me like <laughs> it's so great for the Steelers to be a part of so many big plays because of how many Super Bowls we've just been in um but so great that you know you know the 100 yard play nobody else has ever had a 100 yard play and Harrison said stated that in a tweet he's like you know I have the longest touchdown in in Super Bowl history and there's been a lot of great catches <laughs> And I was like, that's the way to put it. <laughs> no play was ever that large. And that's it. Robert, best play ever was the 100-yard interception return. So many players got involved. Great point. Great point, Robert. Who was the defensive back that turned around initially to try to get the ball from him? I don't know if it was Gay or if it was – it wasn't Ike Taylor. It was the other corner. Um, and I just can't remember offhand. But uh, Townsend. I think it was Townsend. And uh, <laughs> Harrison points him up to block. Everybody is like a wall. Polamalu, Kiesel, uh, everybody running down the field to help out on that play. And um, it just, just the way that he kept weaving in and out, it was a total team effort. You're right. It's a total team effort. And that's what makes that, that play so incredible because it's not just an individual making a great play like Santonio Holmes making that incredible catch. It is the entire team. Robert hit the nail on the head there. Everybody got involved. And if everybody did not get involved, that was not a touchdown. That was not a touchdown. Michael Hall, did you see Juju possibly coming back home after his farewell on Monday during his charity work he did in Pittsburgh? Yes, I did. Because he signed a one-year contract and he stated like, hey guys, you know, I might come back. I'd be happy to have him. Hell, I would have been happy to have him for what Kansas City was paying him this year. Um, it depends on how things work out. If our slots end up being being a, a, a great additive and it's much cheaper than Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, that would be the only reason why we wouldn't go back to Juju for the slot, just a money reason. And I thought there's kind of the reason why we got rid of him. But I mean, we're filling that slot position right now with question marks. We, we drafted Austin, who I think is a great shifty slot option with speed to burn. He can also play the X. And then we were just talking about Pickens. Pickens is, a, is now playing slot. It looks like we're trying to use him as the big slot option. I'm a little concerned just for his durability issues. He can play anywhere. I think he really slots into being the best Z on this team. 
but he could probably play X as well. He's got excellent hands. And our Z receiver is usually the taller guy that can take the top off the defense, which Claypool does. And Claypool is now playing more slot, it sounded like, in mandatory training camp, mandatory minicamp. Um, so it it sounds like we're going to be rotating the receivers around a bit more. DJ can play anywhere. DJ is that good. He's the best receiver on our team. And if you guys don't see it, I mean, you can have your opinion. I do receivers. I played receivers. I had an excellent receiver coach. And DJ just has every skill set and talent that you want in a receiver that's going to catch a lot of balls. His hand placement is perfect. Um, his soft hands, he just has to get that down. I mean, and he's working on it every, every day. So he's just going to get better and better and better. And now he's going to have more quarterbacks to deal with and more quarterbacks to get used to. So I'm looking forward to how he works out with the rest of them. Robertson Burrow, Frenchie Fuqua had live goldfish in his see-through heels of his shoes. He wore in the Steelers locker room after Steelers game for a real live freaking goldfish. How do you get the goldfish out of those shoes? That was the crazy thing about those shoes. I don't think you could. Like you put them in there with some food, you wore them for a couple weeks, then you had dead goldfish. <laughs> I mean, there has to be a way to get in. Like, now I think we'd be good enough to make a technology that we could empty the water, refill it, get the goldfish out of there for a little bit so they don't have to stay in the shoes the whole time. But, yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing in the 70s, Steeler Nation. People wore clear platform shoes with goldfish in them. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Facebook finally chiming in. I knew Facebook was working. Glad to see you guys. Ron, great to hear from you, sir. Do you think with TJ and Minka's big contracts will hurt our defense in the long run with limited funds to sign another good defensive player in the future? No, and I'll explain this uh, the best I can, Robert. Uh, Ron, sorry. Um, we locked them in at the spots before the salary cap starts blowing up. The salary cap is going to explode the next two, three years. Like we're used to it going up 10, 12 million, million a season. We're going to see now 20 to $30 million a season increases in the salary cap. Once this final new contract is signed with the TV stations and streaming rights, which is a new form of revenue streaming directly games, directly to your phone new stream of revenue. This is the way guys. So like that aspect of it isn't big. Isn't that isn't going to hurt us as much, even though Watt was the highest paid play player in NFL history for defense. When we signed his contract, now Donald has a higher paid contract than he does. And we got to think too, like, even though we made Minka Fitzpatrick, the highest paid safety in the league, we're paying Less than $20 million a season for a playmaker. That is, to me, invaluable. Because we're paying uh, closer to $30 million a season for TJ. That's a big difference. So, yes, we are making out in that exchange. It is worth every penny. With the salary cap going up, it's going to help out too. And until we get a franchise quarterback, we don't have to sign and pay a quarterback franchise quarterback money. We are now paying our quarterbacks low tier NFL starting quarterback money, even if Trubisky is this full time starter. 
17 mil, 14 to 17 mil a season, that's nothing for a starting quarterback. That's nothing. And that's right around what we're paying Minka Fitzpatrick. So it's a good way to utilize the funds. And right now, we're just not spending money on offense. I, I saw a uh, a report come out stating that we have the highest or the number one highest salary on defensive players in the NFL, and we are dead last in the NFL on our offensive salaries. But that's what happens when you don't have a franchise quarterback or we're just starting to, to bring in rookie quarterbacks. Still doesn't mean we're not going to sign another rookie quarterback possibly next year, depending on how the year works out. We have enough injuries or something happens and we tank. Yeah, sign another quarterback. Why not? <laughs> it doesn't hurt you at that point. If we have a chance to have multiple quarterbacks, because then we can lock in one as a starter and one as the backup, and that's the way it's going to roll. We're going to pay one starter money and the other backup money. But we'll go to you now, Steeler Nation. Robert, again, there's always been way more Steeler fans in Baltimore than their closet team, the Redskins. Then Baltimore does to Cleveland what Indianapolis had done to Baltimore, freaking hypocrites in Baltimore. Yeah, and that Baltimore stuff too, like the Steeler fans are so huge in Baltimore. When they first came to Baltimore, and I was living here, and they were playing in Memorial Stadium, the Steeler fans, the first two years, first year, they bought 90% of the tickets the first year they were there for the Steeler game. Second year was 75% of the tickets. Third year was 50% of the tickets. And then they had their new stadium. Then they did a better job of limiting and being able to get the Steeler fans in there because the Steeler fans bought the hell out of the tickets in Baltimore because they were idiots and didn't know how to do it. And there's a ton of Steeler fans here. You're dead right. And um, I think I, I skipped over you, Robert. Sorry about that, Cooley. The clear pat from heels or soles were either removable or had some kind of flap out the back that lifted so that the wearer could fill with whatever he or she wanted. Oh, cool. Thank you, Cooley, for uh, letting us know exactly how those things work. Because, yeah, I had no idea how they worked. Um, I I think there was a Simpsons uh, episode where Disco Stew was wearing the goldfish platform heels. And they had the, like, the dead goldfish floating in them. <laughs> because, because Disco Stew didn't know how to get out there. The goldfish, man. <laughs> yeah, but that was always fun. Um, Robert again. Am I the wrong one? Everybody keeps jumping on here quick, so I'm not sure. I'll go to this one first, Robert. People report filling the heels with teddy bears, gumballs, marbles, or crinkled colored tissue paper. A few chose live fish, even inserting colored gravel and water plants for the aquarium in fact. I mean, like, how does that stay in place when you're walking? It's like, do you think you'd have to like glue it together and put it in on the bottom before like for the gravel? before putting the water and the fish in other like wise you'd think it would like all mix up and be like this mishmash of like blended fish gravel when you're trying to dance in them. <laughs> that would be disgusting. Theoretically, you could return your traveling fish to its aquarium after your evening of revelry. Realistically, it would have been a miracle if your fish survived the night, truth. <laughs> wow, the 70s. That's why I love your old heads coming over here talking and explaining all the 70s stuff, guys. That is amazing. Michael Hall. Speaking of 70s, I don't know if you heard this or not on CBS Sports. Our two defenders, Mel Blunt and Mean Joe Green, were snubbed as top 10 defenders, in my opinion. I think Mel had something to do with it. 
Um, it, oh, is that CBS Sports? If anybody left off Mean Joe Green in a top 10 defenders list in NFL history, they're an idiot. They're either a Steeler hater or they don't understand 70s football. They don't understand football in general and have like a recency bias, which can happen. Um, don't know if any Steelers would be on that top 10 list. I didn't see it, Michael Hall. I don't know if Polamalu would have made that. Uh, I could see Polamalu being a top 10 uh, player for a recency bias, somebody that's younger that might not have seen the older teams play. But there was no doubt. Mean Joe Green was a generational player, could have played on any team even continuing to today. Like, he could have played with Hayward. <laughs> and those guys would have been insane on um, three, four outside defensive end uh, because that's about his size that he played at. Um, not as big as some of the bigger defensive ends that play now in a four, three alignment. Um, Robert, again, sorry for the past three comments on the platform shoes, but you can get the little fish out. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I'm fine talking anything on this show, Robert. You guys know this. Michael Hall, I remember the Chargers game in San Diego. We invaded their stadium. I don't remember the year, though, good times. I remember that, too. I remember there were so many Steeler fans that you could hear them boo when the Chargers took the field. And at, when that happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be a Steeler win tonight. <laughs> that happened in Jacksonville when they in their early years as well. Um, so, like, we have a couple times, like, Carolina, I think once we played, we had more fans with them than Carolina when they were in their uh, – expansion years early on um but yeah i definitely do remember that chargers game that was awesome and we can still do it there because la are fair weather fans man and they got enough other stuff to do steeler fans can always buy tickets in la robert robert see i'm not talking about people putting things in their heels i'm talking about legendary 70s steeler legend fight legend frenchie fuqua not just any people yeah but we were just discussing we were getting on a shoe rant we were getting on a tangent, Robert, so it's not a, an attack on you or attack on anything. You started a topic. We're going to run with it. <laughs> Put Jello in those shoes. That would be something. Like, if you're, when you're putting the heavy stuff in, like the marbles, I think that would be too heavy to dance in. I'd see the crinkle paper being smarter because you can lift your feet up. Even with water in there, it would throw your balance off. Take a really strong uh, calf muscle to be able to get those up. And by Mel, I meant Kuiper. Oh, Kuiper put this out? Are you telling me Kuiper put that out, Hall? If Kuiper put it out, then he's just doing it to completely snub and screw the Steelers because that's what he does. We know Mel Kuiper. He's a Ravens fan. Call! Bad call, ref! <laughs> we know where Kuiper's loyalties lie, and it ain't anywhere else than in Baltimore. <laughs> Not a problem there. Um, another interesting thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, Alex Kazora today tweeted that he did some stats on Highsmith's win rate on his bull rush. And he's such a stat guy. I love following him. Be sure to follow Alex Kazora if you're not following him already on Twitter. Um, he's like one of the few people I have all of his tweets come to me directly because he always has great knowledge, great articles, great insight on the game of football. And when he's tracked the bull rush win percentages for Highsmith in 2020, his win rate was 7.7%. Not great, but in 2021 on his bull rushes, his win rate was 24.4%. That's over three times higher, 
24.4% win rate is winning once every four times on a bull rush, which is a great pass rush number. Means Highsmith was getting stronger, means that his technique was getting better. And even with the more snaps, he was able to be more aggressive, stronger, better. I expect that percentage to rise this year. Maybe getting this close to 30%. That would be insane. That means he's putting pressure on third of the time, and that's what we need. Because we know, like, Watt is all world. He's putting pressure on about 50% of the time, it seems. Um, but outside of that, if we get some help with Highsmith, to have somebody have to block two people coming in off the edges and worry about Hayward inside and worry about Alu-Alu, who can still get after the the uh, the... the Pastor as well, and Wormley, who just set his personal best for sacks. I think he had seven last season. So we've got good numbers on this defensive line and, and rush ends, which are our outside linebackers, guys. It's going to be a fun year. This is going to be defensively, and this is what the this is what the Baltimore Ravens did when they decided to move on from Flacco. They threw money at defense. They drafted Lamar Jackson. They changed their offense to build around. Jackson, which was smarter because they went to a college-style offense. run Road graders, great tight ends. That's where their draft picks went, and it, was, and it worked out for them. And they transitioned very well, and they're still winning. Same thing for the Steelers. We're transitioning out of Ben Roethlisberger. Offense was winning us football games. Now we've got to rely on defense winning us football games. And this defense can win us football games. It did last year. Hell, T.J. Watt himself won us three, arguably four games he closed out and tried his damnedest to keep us in that Kansas City game by making that big play for the touchdown in the first couple plays of that game. No question he wasn't defensive MVP that season. Should have been twice before. Should have been a three-time defensive MVP. Argue at most the previous season. The one before, a little bit farther away, but still, still could make the argument for him. He's been putting up numbers, fantastic numbers, for the past three seasons. And he's got nowhere to go but up, man. I I just love watching the progression of him. And I love that he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I love that we locked him in for another five years, guys. Or four now. He played one more under that contract. So he's this is our this is it. This is our core. We got Hayward locked up, uh, I think, for two more years. We got Watt locked up for four. Minka locked up for five. Hayward he would even he would retire a Steeler and he would take a lower number to stay. Uh, because his next contract's probably going to be lower per year, but might do a three-year extension, two-year extension, just to keep him a Steeler, retire a Steeler, because he's playing his best football these past three, four years. He's making Pro Bowls. He's making All Pros. He's rushing. He's getting double digits in sacks. It's phenomenal what Hayward's been able to do. And we got to realize too, he didn't play those first two seasons. He was playing behind Aaron Smith those first two seasons. People were starting to talk. Is he a bust? Is he a first-round bust? Nope. <laughs> He's one of the best, one of the single best three, four defensive ends in the league. Might be the best three, four defensive end that Steelers have ever had. You tell me if you can think of a better three, four defensive end. I know Aaron Smith is up there. Numbers-wise, they don't match. They're nowhere near each other. But, I know Aaron Smith is up there. I know Kiesel was great as well, being a seventh rounder. But nobody's better than Hayward. Tua was great, too. Tua was great, too. Sorry to see him leave. Wish he had another year with us. Really did. Michael Hall, 
know what? No, he's the reason they get snubbed. Yeah, you're damn right about that. Screw him. Absolutely screw him. Robertson Burrow. Traditionally, it's always been real blood that they throw on the mink coat, but a lot of them are probably radical vegans and that would use red paint instead. And it's all I was getting out, I guess. Yeah, I, I knew what you're the alluding to was that I think it was PETA that would always throw red paint and on like, but that was more for Hollywood celebrities. It was a big thing with Hollywood celebrities because they could afford the mink coats. They'd be on the red carpets and somebody would run up and throw a red paint on them because it would be, they would make the most splash. Like sports, top sports people were never really as big as top celebrities for that type of thing. I, I can't even recall if somebody ever threw it on an athlete because I, to tell you the truth, an athlete could beat the crap out of you. The guy's a professional athlete. They work out. You throw red paint on an athlete, you're going to get beat. <laughs> and that is assault. So uh, you'd be able to defend yourself. People that are in Hollywood, they're not going to fight somebody. It would hurt their ability to get a role, stuff like that. Tomburo, I also said red paint instead of blood because with the, the woke, I may think it's a joke, but I knew for some of them, use red paint and pretend it was blood. We understand, Robert. We understand you don't have to go on to woke or not woke. We get it. We're smart here at Steeler Nation. We got a good group. George Highsmith will be improved for sure, definitely. And I'm looking for his numbers to improve as well. I'm hoping he gets the double-digit sacks this year, George. And I think he can. Especially having the pressure off of him with a double team going on and on the other side with, with Watt. A double team in front of him with Hayward. He's one-on-one. -on -one. And he can win one-on-one. -on -one. If he shows the league that he can't be blocked one-on-one, -on -one, this defense is going to be super fun to watch. Nobody can go back to pass without trying to get that ball out in three seconds or get their butt kicked. It's going to be a blast to watch, George. Great point. Michael Hall, TJ got robbed for Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. Even GAJ and DW was, was shocked. Yeah. Yeah, Darnold won it, but he, he had every stat on Darnold. Every single stat, except for one. Uh, can't remember what it was. It was might have been total tackles. No, I, I don't even think it was total tackles. It was one of the stats. I, I know he had them on tackles for loss. He had them on tackles in the backfield. Uh, DP, uh, yeah, TF, TF, tackles for loss, sacks. I think total tackles as well. Um, but he, I remember he had one stat that was better than, than Watt. I just can't remember it offhand. Um, but yeah, he was robbed. Absolutely. I was pissed. I was really pissed for TJ felt for him. He deserved to be defensive player of the year. And now he, and he definitely deserved to be defensive player of the year last year. Honestly, I think that pushed him to be better each year. I think it's st he's still going to push himself to be better because he's got a, he, two more defensive player of the year awards to catch up to his brother. <laughs> that's a fun household, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're one defensive player of the year. Uh, Big bro's like, yeah, I won three. Get back to me when you win another two. <laughs> the Watt household. He's not even the best defender in his old household yet, but I think he's on a trajectory and he's got the ability to do it, Michael Hall. Really think he does. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, Michael Hall. Definitely is. Um, Yeah, he pretends. Like they're Cleveland, the real Browns, which we know is actually the Ravens, who are true competition, not the Jim Browns. And yeah, they were uh, the joke Browns. Yeah, definitely not. Back then, 
that was it. <laughs> That's why I always call like, yeah, anytime some of my Ravens fans get up and, and, and excited, I'm like, yeah, the new Browns, you guys are doing great. <laughs> and oh, we're the Ravens. No, the new Browns. I mean, the old Browns went to your team and then you were, well, I guess you're the old Browns. Sorry. Cause the new Browns came to, to Cleveland. Cause I always call Cleveland the new Browns when I, when I'm talking to a Baltimore fan. Um, yeah, you guys are playing the new Browns. Why are you calling the new Browns? Cause you guys are the old Browns, <laughs> but that, that speaks to the city itself. That's, that's why the mistake by the lake, there's something in that water that just does not make champions. It turns champions into chumps really does. Michael Hall, prime time Sanders wore mink coats all the time. Yes, he did. He definitely did. The dark glasses, the pimp hats, the mink coats. He, he, he styled up seriously and he looked great in his, uh, his after game speeches with his mink coats and that. I always love seeing that out of prime time. Robert C. How you doing, Cooley? Well, some of us are smart. Not sure about the Cope striker. Yeah, you know, I do my best. I lose stuff falls out of my brain all the time. I'm you guys can watch me progress into dementia on these vidcasts as things keep falling out of my brain, mispronounce stuff, think other players are another player just from a bad word association that I get stuck in my brain. And it's the way it happens. Like sometimes I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm done screwing up Najee Harris and stop calling him Najee Davenport. <laughs> Cause that's where the Najee goes. Like it's the first thing I'm used to saying. Now I know it's Najee Harris. That one is out of the brain. I worked on that one, <laughs> but there's always something that comes up. There really is, especially with the new players. I always get a bad word association. Um, Robert, NFL team in Cleveland is an expansion team. All the players, coaches, and, and form legendary champion Browns of the 1950s and 60s Browns who killed the Steelers all the way up until when they're the Ravens. Yeah, dead state on. Yeah, we know the history there, Robert. And that's, I was actually living in Baltimore, going to college when the Browns came here to become the Ravens. And I was excited because I got to see a home game every year because I couldn't travel. I was in college, but I could. I'd cook, I could go downtown to Baltimore because I went to school at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, another black and gold school, and was able to take the shuttle down there, watch the Steelers whoop some butt at Memorial Stadium, and then, of course, PSI Net Stadium. You guys remember that? I do, because I used to work there. That was one of my first jobs was running the uh, the Browns um, – fun. Or, sorry, the Browns. The Ravens fan fest area for the kids. So we set up all these inflatable games and stuff in the walk um, in between the two stadiums. So if you were down there seeing those inflatables, I ran them in 99, 2000, 2001. Um, and then I ran them also at their training camp, which was at Westminster College. It's now called something else. It's called somebody's name now or something. Uh, but it was called Westminster Co College back in the day in Westminster, Maryland. Fun times, a lot of hard work. But hey, that was what I did back then. Uh, Robertson Burrow, typo striker. My point is that the real Browns are the Ravens and that the joke in Cleveland is for some expansion team, almost worse than Tampa Bay's first few decades or Steelers first few decades. Exactly. Like the Steelers for the first 30 years, 40 years, 40 years, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 72. It, it took them 40 years to win their first playoff game. And we're talking about back when the NFL was like 16 teams, eight teams. They couldn't even win a playoff game. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. That's how bad the Steelers were. The Steelers were the joke. When they 
merged with the uh, Cardinals the one season, didn't win a game that year. They were called the Carpets because <laughs> people walked all over the Carpets, the Cardinal Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> during world war ii man yeah that was uh i think that was the year after the steagles when the steelers and eagles were together the carpets were worse they were a horrible team absolutely terrible team um michael hall games played right by one yep yep definitely ron coming back good to hear from you ron who wins the backup tailback position right now if you're asking me out of who we have on the roster ron um the choice is only really benny snell um, or McFarland or one of the guys we just brought in as an undrafted rookie free agent because we didn't draft a running back. Um, I know we were high on that one undrafted rookie free agent. That, that Let me bring up the roster uh, quickly because I, I, know I, I know I'll recognize his name when I see it. Steelers roster. Usually I have the roster already set, guys. I apologize for that. I'm not at my best today. Uh, because this stuff is usually pretty easy for me to jump onto and check out. So, but running back, we are looking at Jalen Warren, who's a rookie from Oklahoma State. We, of course, have Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland Jr. from Maryland, Najee Harris, of course, who's the starter, Trey Edmonds, who's the backup uh, fullback, probably going to be a practice squad guy as well. Uh, Monteo Durant, that's the guy that we are excited from, from Duke, 6'1 guy, 195 pounds. Um, rookie as well. He's going to be the chance, I think, to push the other guys. He's an outside shot, but with the guys on the roster, specifically George, I think it's going to be McFarland. McFarland played in Matt Canada's system in Maryland. He was slated last season to be the backup, but he got injured right before the first game, tried to work him back. Then we had to put him on injured reserve. So he was lost for half the year. So I'd have to say McFarland has it going forward into training camp unless we bring in another veteran running back, which I still think we might do. Could be a could be a position coming up here soon, right before we hit training camp. Michael Hall, if there's ever a time the Steelers get snubbed in anything, there is always one person to blame. You know who? Neil Kaiva. <laughs> Definitely, Michael Hall. Robert C., does Loudermilk get a legit start at the starting job next season? I hope he does, Cooley. I really do. Um, I thought he progressed really well last year. In the limited amount of snaps, he had a pretty decent win rate. He was good at also tackling against the run. But Wormley played incredible ahead of him. Like, he has to beat out Wormley. And, and if they make it a competition, uh, if they're getting into training camp and they say, okay, we're going to start splitting snaps because Wormley – put on some weight and he's looking great. Uh, we got to also think about Leal coming in because we drafted a guy day two to play on uh, defensive end on our defensive line. So writing might've been on the wall there for Steelers. Like two, it's like, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll make a decision here, you know, coming up uh, after minicamp right around, right around OTAs. I'll, I'll let you guys know what I'm going to do, uh, but that's not at draft time. And if he's wavering, a smart GM like Colbert knew the writing was on the wall. He's like, let's just draft a guy just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and they did the right thing. They drafted Leal. Um, I think he's got to pack on some pounds. I don't think he's really going to press this year uh, for being a starter unless he just shows he's a monster. But we won't know till training camp. But I honestly do think Loudermilk, a big Loudermilk, can press 
Wormley, but Wormley's been working out for another year. Another year in the system. <laughs> I've got no hate on Wormley, really. He's done more than I expected already. And he's getting better every season. And, you know, may the best player win. And I'm fine with it being either of these players as long as we put the best damn player at left defensive end that we can put on the field. Definitely there. George! Alcazor does breakdowns on players. Yeah, he's an excellent guy for, um, like, around draft time. Like, he's basically all the knowledge I get for draft time is from Alex Kazura. I used to get it off of the Steeler Nation um, football forum over at SteelerNation.com from a guy named TMC who used to write his own draft books just for fun. <laughs> and he'd have like 300 and some players in it just for fun. And he was a blessing to have on there because he made me smarter, um, understanding players coming out of college, where they would slot, how good they would be at their position where they would be expected to be drafted. And Alex Kazora is the go-to person. He's, you know, I don't mean to diminish what Alex Kazora does, but like TMC did it just like on a fan site. He didn't do, he wasn't paid to do it. He could have been paid to do it. Alex Kazora is understandably being paid to do it. And he does an excellent job as well. And he's probably the best Steeler reporter at evaluating talent right now in that type of capacity for players that are right for the Steelers system. Because there's a lot of draft nicks that do the entire NFL that try to slot people, but don't really understand how the Steelers are for like a for the three, four, how they fit in our system and what we look for exactly for the type of players that we need on defensive end, on nose tackle, on outside linebacker, and interior linebacker, which is different than a lot of players' needs. Steelers draft differently in those respects. And I get that he's spot on for understanding those needs that the Steelers have. And my absolute favorite for Alex Kazora guys, where he is an absolute must read for Steeler nation is when he does his daily training camp reports. He always breaks down the bat, the backs versus backers. He breaks down wide receivers, uh, breaks down the offenses versus defensive line drills. So you get a feel on who's winning, how they're doing against their competition. Of course, in the seven on sevens and the drills, um, when the quarterbacks are out there throwing the football, we know who's completing passes. We know how the running backs are looking and, and where they are in the rotation. So he's the best guy to listen to, to be informed about how the depth chart's going to start looking once we start getting to the end of training camp. So, yeah, yeah, great guy to follow. Definitely a great guy to follow. Um, next one, too. Uh, Break that, yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah, double one on that one. Uh, Robert, must correct you, Striker, when you said Minka is only – only time Steelers have traded a number one before Chuck Knoll that all freaking coach did was trade away number one picks. Yes. And I stated it for um, Colbert. I don't know if I, I blasted over or tried to do like a, uh, a um, an overarching arch for that, but definitely in the Super Bowl era. I think that's the only time we did a number one pick in the Super Bowl era, but you're damn right. That was the reason why we didn't win in those first 40 years because we give up our first round draft picks to bring in other teams, aging vets that were good, but weren't great. And that's, you know, we had certain coaches that were players coaches that were also players coaching that were bringing their friends to the team for a first rounder. They're like, Oh, just come over. Draft picks don't matter. I know you can play. And we sucked. Pittsburgh sucked at Forbes field. We were terrible. Never won a playoff game at Forbes field. That's a tough 
tough thing to do for at 40 years over there. Tough, tough thing. Uh, Robert, so my guess is that Pittsburgh Steelers have traded more number one picks for players than any team ever in NFL history. Correction to you saying Minka, uh, only time traded number one. Yeah, we, we discussed that. But yes, you are spot on about Steelers history before Noel took over. Steelers were dumping number one picks like they're going out of style. Like they were the Washington football team. <laughs> That's a team that dumps a lot of number one draft picks too. Uh, Michael Hall. Is it true that we are drawing attention to Jeremiah Achu, or am I hearing nonsense? I haven't heard a lot of um, people saying that we were going to go after him. I know we did a workout, and we had, like, Okajobi in for the workout. We didn't sign anybody. So it was interesting, at least, that we had a workout already for defensive line players, and we didn't bring anybody in because I guess the Steelers were like, well, let's get through – Mandatory minicamp and OTAs, and we'll see how these players look first before we think about going back. Because I remember they did that workout before OTAs. And, you know, OTs and, and, and uh, mandatory minicamp were pretty close to each other. And it seems like the Steelers made their decision. They they like having Leal in the room. They like having Loudermilk in the room, Wormley in the room, Alu-Alu and Adams. And for that workout, for them to say, like, I don't think they can beat out any of these guys or that the upside of some of these younger guys aren't worth losing for a guy, of one of these vets, they had to be wowed. And I guess they weren't wowed. So that's the way it went. Yeah. Yeah, TMC was awesome. Dumbest reason ever he ever left was because the Steelers drafted Dre Archer. And we had the like one of the single largest threads in internet history that it was popping up on Google. <laughs> Searches for like, just some random thing for people to look at. Hundreds of pages of people arguing Dre Archer, and he just got sick of it and left the page. Unfortunately, he never came back. I wish he did uh, because he was a he was a joy joy to read and had great great about the cap. He made me be stronger on the cap. I, I became a capologist because of him. Um, but yeah, he was so fun to talk football. Very very knowledgeable. One of the most knowledgeable people about Steelers and football in general that we ever had at Steeler Nation. Um, Michael Hall, how do you see our starting 11 on both sides of the ball projected to look like in week one? Um, offensive line looks like it's going to be uh, left to right. I'll, I'll start there. Um, more left tackle, left guard. Dotson's going to beat out green. Center's going to be Cole. Right's going to be um, Jenkins, and then um, right tackle will be Chooks. Tight end, Fryermuth, no-brainer. That was That's probably the easiest. Running back's going to be Najee. Uh, so then in that set, that's three wide receivers starting. So the wide receivers, the, the two that are easier, DJ and Claypool. Now the third one is going to be interesting. It's going to be who wins that slot job. So day one. I'd probably say Pickens probably has the best chance of winning the slot job just for his athleticism. So holding foot to the fire, that's going to be Pickens. And our quarterback for striker will, will be Trubisky. Day one, just the way things look right now. Defensive side of the football, Wormley, Aluwalu, Hayward on the line, no-brainer. Linebackers, left to right, wide on the left, left outside linebacker, Jack, then you have Bush. Then you have Highsmith, no-brainers. Now, 
we have to talk about so that was seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Four left. So I'm not going to go into the slot option right now. I guess I should say, um, wow, that's going to be the toughest one because safety is going to be Minka, free safety, strong safety. I'd like it to be KZ. And if an open competition between KZ and Edmonds, I think you can beat him out. So I'm going to say KZ. That's going to be my shocker. Now my two outside receivers or outside corners, sorry. Um, man, we got three of them. Sutton, Levi, Wallace, and um, Witherspoon. I think Witherspoon's a starter in this league. I think, I think um, Levi Wallace is a starter in this league too. I and, and crap, you know, Sutton is a starter too, but Sutton's best place on this team is slot. And if we, we're going to be playing more sub package than base four seven, so that takes usually it takes Alu Alu off the field and that puts Sutton down in the slot. So that's the way I see. It. I think probably week one, though, whew, I'd say Witherspoon and Sutton are going to be your starting outside corners week one. And as soon as we go into the package, Sutton drops down into the slot and they bring in Wallace. So that's the way I see it. Um, then on special teams, punter. Presley Harvin the third, the third. Then you have kicker Boswell, of course, and still candidate at uh, long snapper. Wasn't he a long snapper last year? Was it a different long snapper? Wait, didn't we have a different long snapper last year? Now I'm forgetting who the long snapper was last year. Usually I'm spot on on my long snappers. Coots, damn it, striker. Chris Coots going to be starting long snapper. We I don't think we have another option, but. He's a good player. Koontz is a good, good player. Next question. Robertson Burrow, last two years, we've I've been saying even if uh, Gigi leaves, we will get them back. And Oh, Juju. And hopefully he'll have Heinz Ward maturity by then, and it will be amazing. Yes. I know you meant Juju. You don't have to retype that. Yeah. I, I mean, Juju was a hell of a player. And, man, for his – he wasn't one of the fastest guys in the league, but he had more 90-yard plays for us than a lot like multiple 90-yard plays for the Steelers um, because he was so good and so strong after the football. He was tough to bring down with the smaller defensive backs. Good, good player. Yeah, I, I'd love to see that, Robert. Uh, George, I want to see a lot of two tight ends. I do too. And man, has uh, Gentry really progressed? And guys, we we forget. We forget like Gentry right now is an excellent blocking back. He is the best, sorry, blocking tight end. He is the best blocking tight end on our team. There were times when we took out Fryermuth and had Gentry on the field to block. He's also enormous. He's a huge guy. Just absolutely enormous. But to take it back a step, Deontay Johnson and Gentry, two, two big pieces on our offense, were the two players we got for trading Antonio Brown. So it's not like we got nothing for Antonio Brown when they said we got a third and a fifth pick. We got an all-pro um kick returner who was an all-pro punt returner and it now just had a pro bowl receiver and deontay johnson talking about signing him and locking him down long term and the best blocking tight end on our team for a head case who barely plays anymore though we did win a ring i'd be surprised well he said he retired would like to retire i'm i like honestly guys i'm on the side too i'm fine if he wants to retire a pittsburgh Steeler. he has to convince the roonies 
he has to convince Tomlin. But other than that, I'd be fine. Sorry, I'm really shiny. I apologize for that, guys. I got out of the shower. I, I went straight from the shower to here. Yeah, that's a little better when I rub my head a little bit. My gosh, was I shiny. <laughs> I was like fresh out of an egg or something. You guys got to comment on my, that stuff. <laughs> George, yes, I agree. Zach Gentry is a monster who actually did, with us fans, always hope struggling lower round players who have changed position will do. And we need him and baby Gronk. Moose smash. Yeah, I love me some Moose too, Robert. Oh, what? I mean, and this is our first real tight end that we have had since Heath Miller. Guys, losing Heath Miller hurt. And we had a lot of free agents that didn't work out. And really one year out of Vance McDonald, which was a great year out of Vance McDonald. Uh, second year being injured, really never returned. But yeah, tight ends are harder to find for the Steelers than just about any other team. Like Ravens can find tight ends, no problem. Todd Heap, Andrews. Like they, they're great at finding tight ends. Can't find a wide receiver to save their life. Steelers are the opposite. Can't find a tight end to save our life, but we find some great, great wide receivers and some really well done wide receivers. Move, love it. And a much better run game is needed. Yeah, then that we went out and we paid that money to get those new offensive linemen, George, and I can't wait to see them block because Najee was doing it pretty much by himself last season. And this season, it's going to be great to watch. Absolutely great to watch. Steeler Nation, last chance to chime in. It's time for me to run down through my post. Uh, and, of course, you guys always finish the show because this is your vidcast, Steeler Nation. Be sure to follow Total Sports Enterprises. Check out them on the internet, tseshop.com, to buy assigned jerseys. If you don't win one, go buy one. They're there. Go to tseshop.com. Buy it. But be sure to follow them. Try to win that Mika Fitzpatrick jersey, guys, over on Twitter or the Steeler Nation Twitter. Just retweet it. If you're following Total Sports Enterprises, Steeler Nation, and the podcast, you are automatically entered to win. Winner comes out on Friday. Hope you win. Now you, Kenny Beamer, you've won enough. <laughs> podcast will be Friday at noon. Video premieres sometime. Who knows when DK is going to air it? Uh, DKPittsburghSports.com. Read our great Pittsburgh Steeler articles over at SteelerNation.com. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast at underscore SN Podcast or Instagram at SteelerNationPodcast. Follow your host, Striker, SteelerNationStriker on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on TikTok. Yes, TikTok, guys. I'm putting out some material at SNStriker, spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the Steeler Nation vidcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Going to you, Steeler Nation. Imagine if the Steelers really ain't the standard and played Smash Mouth football like when we smash Rocky Blyer and we smash Barry Foster them, like smash bus, two tight ends, and Derek Watt. Love to see that. I think we're going to see that this year. Really do. Because last year was a Ben offense, and it's tough to run Smash Mouth out of a pistol. You need a quarterback under center. And Ben sucked under center. He never liked being under center. Absolutely never liked it. So we got quarterbacks that can run under center. So I hope that happens this year, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me and Juju on the tickety talk. Come on over, Robert. We'll see you there, Cooley. And thank you, guys. I am your host, G Striker, rooting along with you as always. 
Go Steelers!